0: and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. Living life
1: for Christ, she's a happy girl.
0: Everyone has expectations, and most everyone is free to tell others about their expectations. In some instances, this is very helpful, such as when ordering something, hiring someone to do a job, or working together on a team. Other times, it can be quite harmful, like when you push your expectations of what someone should be on them, and it doesn't fit with what they want to be or who God wants them to be. Join Kim Miller in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as she takes us on a journey through 1 Samuel to discover the greatness to be had by the one who places their trust in no one or nothing else other than God. Follow Kim through the scriptures to see it is only God's expectations which are wrapped in his possibilities and assurance that really matter. Man will surely fail you and will often cause you to stumble and fall. Hello and welcome to this podcast of Woman at the Well
2: Ministries, and we're going to spend a substantial amount of time in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to go over a tremendous account of God's goodness and God's grace and God's ability to deliver us when we forsake all other things, but truly only place our trust and our faith in him. We're going to talk about little David and his battle with the great big giant. Let's pray. Our kind and most gracious to Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this another day. We thank you for your love and your mercy and your amazing grace. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in this message. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and our minds the exact thing that you would have for each of us to know. Lord, I pray that we would turn and submit ourselves to you, that we would... Get rid of the things that we're holding on that are steeped and rooted in the world. But Lord, that we would let you have free reign and free rule in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, thank you for meeting us right where we are. And in Jesus' name, we pray. We're going to take our text out of First Samuel 17, verses 39 and 45 through 47. And it reads like this. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he assayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off of him. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day... Will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of Philistines this day, unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands." As we look at that, we see that David has a tremendous confidence, not in his own abilities, but in the abilities of the God he serves. And he doesn't just have confidence in God. He confidently exclaims who his God is and what his God will do to all those people around him. And as we begin to look at this account in 1 Samuel chapter 17, I want to give you some background of where we're at before we get to 1 Samuel 17, 39. David is a young shepherd boy, and he's the youngest of eight children. So he's really very unlikely the one that anybody with any strategic sense or understanding of battle is going to choose to fight a giant, let alone this Philistine giant named Goliath. Goliath was notorious in the land and he hadn't been defeated. And so the Bible tells us a little bit about little David. He tells us he was young, and that leads us to believe he may have been quite little even for his age, the way he talks about it. So he's not this remarkable, strong, powerful bodybuilding kid. Now, I I get the impression that he is a little bit scrawny, perhaps even. And it tells us that he has rudy hair and kind of depicts him to be unremarkable in his looks and his mannerisms. There's nothing about David, when you look upon him, that is going to make you think he is going to be the one that a king would choose to fight the battle against Goliath. In fact, this account in 1 Samuel 17 even shows us that his brothers not only never expected David to be able to fight and beat Goliath, but they suspected his motive for even being on the scene was somehow wrong and naughty. So not only does he not look the part, not only does no one believe in him, his own family believes he's there for all the wrong reasons. And so when we look at this account in 1 Samuel 17, we need to figure out the incredible impact and the influence that expectations have on us and the power of our own belief. So the story that we're talking about or the account in 1 Samuel 17 unfolds like this. The Philistines are gathered together for battle with Saul and the men of Israel, and the Philistines have this champion warrior in their camp, and that's Goliath. He's huge. He's uh, greater than nine foot tall. He's protected with great armor from head to toe and equipped with mighty instruments of war war. It is said that the actual battle gear that he had on weighs more than 150 pounds. That would be far more than what I gather little David himself even weighed. He was always bragging and boasting, Goliath, of his accomplishments and what he could do. And he badgered the men of Israel. He was always, we would call trash-talking sometimes in sports, but this went beyond trash-talking. He was truly demeaning and lording over the men of Israel. He even told the men of Israel, if you fight me and kill me, then the Philistines will be your servants. I mean, he's goading them. And his strength is matched in his size and his reputation, and all of that struck fear in the hearts of all who came near him. All except for one little boy we know as David. And David was a shepherd, a young lad who tended the small sheep, a small herd of his sheep, of his family. And I want you to see what happens on this particular day that's getting ready to unfold in front of us. That scripture tells us a lot about who David is and what he did. We realize, as I said before, that he doesn't look the part of a warrior. In fact, he's probably scrawny and anything but heroic in nature. You see, David was obeying his father. His father, Jesse, asked David to get some corn, some bread and cheese, and to take it to his brothers and to find out how they were doing. And David being obedient, which is a tremendous Quality to have, especially for the child of God. And David, being obedient, did just what he was supposed to do. He made sure that the sheep were cared for and that all of his responsibilities were covered. And then what we see in 1 Samuel 15, that gives us a glimpse and to who Daniel is. It says, And Samuel said, hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of lambs. So here we are in 1 Samuel 17, and we see that one of the qualities that David has, and later on we learned that David was called by God as a man after his own heart. So though David slipped and he fell. He always had a heart that was after the Lord. And he, unlike us, did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling in him. He just had the Holy Spirit lighting up on him from time to time. And so what we see in 1 Samuel 15 is the value of obedience. And what we see in 1 Samuel 17 is that David is obedient. David is clearly doing what his father Jesse has asked him to do. And before he goes to give this food and check out his brothers, who, as I said earlier, accuse him of being there for all the wrong reasons, before he does that, he takes care of the sheep and he makes sure he has completed all of his responsibilities. And so when he arrives at the battleground... His eldest brother accuses him of coming to see the action and being irresponsible. In other words, he's thinking that David's just being nosy, and he's just there to see what's going on and to be where all the action is happening. But David was thoroughly confused because what he was doing was he was being obedient. And as the story continues to unfold, what we're going to find is that he was not just being obedient to his earthly father, Jesse, but to his heavenly Father as well. So in this particular part of the account of this battle in Scripture, we see that David is just doing what he has been asked to do to the best of his ability, and the people who are looking on, especially his brothers, are judging it as something that is wrong. Now, you're going to find yourself in your life doing something that the Lord tells you to do, and people around you are going to discourage you. They're going to, dis- they're going to discuss it as something that is wrong. They're going to determine that you're in it for the wrong reasons, that you're there for the wrong motives, or they're simply going to think what you're doing is completely absurd. I want to tell you something that I hope gives you as much peace as it gives me and this is the truth they don't have to understand your assignment it isn't theirs what you are doing for the Lord is between you and the Lord and he says to be a peculiar person zealous of good works a lot of times you will have been the person who has made the sacrifices but you've been obedient And so God is using you in different ways than people who will not be obedient, people who do not sacrifice, people who do not place God first. And those individuals may not understand what you're doing, but they will often give you grief about it. And they'll often express their opinions about what's going on. But I want you to see as the story continues to unfold that as the men of Israel discuss all the bragging and the taunting that's being done by Goliath, David hears all of it. And David was outraged. In fact, here's what he says. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God, is what little David says. See, all these men of Israel are being taunted. And they probably have been provoked to some anger. And they're probably more concentrated and focused on themselves. Like, I can't believe this man would say anything about me like this. Who does he think he is? Yet in the same breath, they're scared to death of him. But David doesn't look upon this situation as something that is about him. No, he is outraged that someone would say something about his God. Who is this Philistine? And I think in modern day, we would probably say, who is this uncouth, uneducated, unrealistic man? Who is this person that thinks that they can say something about my God? And I want you to stop for a moment before we continue into this account. How many times have you heard someone take the Lord's name in vain in front of you and you simply let it go? Why don't you stand up for him? God's name is power. God's name is might. God's name is grace. God's name is amazing. But for many of us, we let it be spoken in jest and in vain. I believe little David wasn't that kind of guy. I believe he would look you square in the eyes and say, my God's name is not a swear word. And when you call on him, you do it in reverence. And perhaps maybe we today should channel our inner David and not let people disrespect our God. When people talk about him being powerless or Jesus was just a prophet or all religions lead to heaven. I believe little David would have said, oh, no, no, no. My God is the only God. I believe little David would have said, you have to believe in my God, and he's the only way. He's the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. We are in situations far less dangerous, far less stressful, Where the consequences are far less drastic. And yet we don't stand up for God. The Bible says that we are to be holy for he is holy. The Bible says that we are to proclaim the gospel. The Bible says that we are to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy spirit. I believe that kind of love defends And so as the people heard the words that David spoke, people began to tell Saul, the commander of the army, and then Saul sent for little David. The people started hearing what David was doing. The people were noticing the walk that David had. And so they told the king, and now the king is seeking after him. Let's stop for a moment there. People are watching your lives, whether you know it or not. And you're telling a story whether you mean to or not. And that story is going to give the people around you an idea of how important God is in your life or if he's important at all. The things that you talk about, people will repeat to other people. And when God is on your lips, when he's the focus of your mind, when he's the center of your attention, people will see a difference in you. And so when Saul sends for David, David tells Saul that no one should be afraid of this giant Goliath. He says, I'll, I'll fight him. I'll volunteer to fight this mighty man of war. Now, here are these big Israel men, and they're all afraid of him. See, but again, think about what we said earlier. They were focused on what Goliath was saying about them. And they were focused on how they matched up to Goliath. And in this battle, they were being very focused on themselves and thinking about what they could do. But little David, the most unlikely warrior of them all, had never spoken about who he was. He talked about who his God was. He talked about what God could do. He was very confident that God would deliver him and deliver the Philistine to him because of who God was. And David was not about to be the person who was going to take credit for what God did. And as they begin to talk and Saul begins to try to discourage David, because remember, Saul doesn't think David is the right person for this. Saul's expectation of who David is is not going to meet up with God's expectation of what David can do with God in him. And that's the same for each of us. People will look upon us and tell us what we should and shouldn't do. People will look upon us and and discourage us from going after what God has told us to go after because they can only see an earthly view. But don't let that discourage you. Let's look at what David does because David doesn't listen to what Saul's opinion of him is. He begins to recount the history, the data of what God has done in his life. And he knows that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he's not going to let him go now. And so, as Saul reminds David of all he wasn't and all he couldn't do, little David, being wiser than his years and strong in his faith, let Saul know what he had done previously while guarding his sheep. He explained that he smote a lion and a bear with his bare hands. And then he immediately gave credit where credit was due. He told Saul that the Lord had delivered him out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear and that he would once again deliver him, only this time it would be from the hand of the giant. David understood that God's love and protection and the way he supplies for each of us and the way he directs and leads, that when we're in the center of his will, God will do for you what he said he would do. David trusted in God's ability and in his place in God's family. Perhaps some of you are not trusting in your place in God's family. Perhaps some of you haven't drawn close enough to the Lord to hear him whisper when he says go. But in this account, at this place, in the account of of this battle between little David and the Goliath, Saul is desperate, and he's got nowhere else to turn. And here's this little guy who is telling him in the name of the Lord, the battle's not mine, it belongs to the Lord. He's telling him, I'll go. I can do this through Jesus Christ in me. I believe he knew Philippians 4.19 before anybody did. He said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And 4.13 and 4.19 tell us that. And it tells us he'll supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And so once again, focusing on what David could not do and what David did not have, Saul draped him in things of the world and was forcing his belief in man-made protection upon David as he put a helmet and a coat of mail and a great big sword on David. In other words, he said, okay, David, you can go, but you're going to do it the world's way. We're going to help you out here. We're going to give you what you need. The world's going to protect you. The world's going to tell you, follow the rules of the world. But you see, all of that didn't fit David. That stuff was meant for a man. It weighed more probably than David did. And that's not what God had ever done. When he delivered him out of the the paw of the lion. Or the paw of the bear. That's not what God had spoken to little David. And so it didn't fit little David. And David knowing in whom to rely. And on what to trust. He threw off all that armor that didn't fit him. We as Christians are in a battle every day, and Ephesians 6 tells us that it's against principalities and darkness of this world. And we have been given the armor of God to put on that we might never be defeated by the devil. We've been told that sin has no more dominion over us, yet so often we find ourselves steeped in sin, and that's a choice we're making. See, we are not just in the world, we have as Christians dropped down our armor of God and we have become part of the world. We are letting the world dictate what we do and what we say and where we go. And if nothing else, we just simply stay quiet because we don't defend the God like David did. And we choose the way of the world to try to fight our battles. And just like David, it won't fit and it won't work. And we must turn our lives back to Jesus. And we must put our trust fully and wholly in him. And we must be like David and know to whom we need to rely on what we need to do. And we got to throw off the world. The Bible says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So David refused to rely on what he couldn't trust. And what he had never proved. See, if you remember our earlier thing, it said he couldn't use that armor because he had not proved it. There's an old gospel hymn that says, trust and obey. I've proved it o'er and o'er. I have proved Jesus o'er and o'er. Over and over and over and over again, Jesus has shown up for me. Over and over again, Jesus has delivered me. And over and over again, Jesus has proven to me that there is nothing else I will ever need because he is my all in all, and he is the great I am. And we must learn to rely only on him. We must look back at how he has taking care of us. And just like in 1 Samuel 17, 39, where he says, I cannot go with these for I have not proved them. We can't go with the things of the world because the world has proved it cannot do what God can do. And the devil has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We must choose Jesus over the world. And then whatever Goliath you have in your life, whether it's finances, your health, relationships, your job, friendships, marriages, whatever it is, when you allow God to lead you and you give the battle to him and you follow after him the way he has instructed you to follow, then you too will be victorious through the power of the Holy Spirit within you and God has never lost a battle and he's not going to start with yours. So what we see is that David then takes his staff in his hand and he chooses five smooth stones and he puts them in the shepherd's bag which he had clutched to his side and with his sling in his hand, he drew near to the Philistine. But I want you to see something. David wasn't alone. You are not alone in this battle. Whatever the world has thrown at you, you need to draw close to Jesus and he will draw nigh to you. You need to cast your care upon him because he cares for you. You're not alone. And as always, little David, spoken faith and with confidence. And here's this little, rudy, scrawny little boy with a stone and a sling. And This is what he says to the great big giant. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear. And with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. So David prevailed over the Philistine. I don't know what your Goliath is, but I know that the same God that held and protected and led and delivered David is the same God who's calling to you right now. And he is asking you to trust him, to prove him, to allow him to fight your battle. He is asking you to have the same kind of confidence and trust that little David did. And I want to bring to your attention again that passage in 1 Samuel 15 that said that obedience is better than sacrifice. Daniel, we see that David through this, excuse me, has walked the entire path with Jesus in sync. He's only followed what Jesus has asked him. And throughout it all, people told him things that were not true about him, but he didn't let that discourage him. Through it all, he had a witness of serving the Lord and Saul could see Jesus in him. He could see something different about him and that's why he was wanting to talk to him. But then when Saul talked to him, he couldn't get over what he thought should be the truth. And Saul tries to discourage David, but David reflected upon the truths of God and would not let what someone said to him, what someone thought of him, what other people's expectations were of him. He would not let those pieces of data discourage him or distract him from what he knew to be true because he knew what God had done for him. And child of God, you know what God has done for you. He has saved you miraculously and completely. He has loved you unconditionally. He's shown up for you time and time again, even when you didn't show up for him. And he stands in front of you right now with open arms, stretched wide, Asking you to believe in him. To trust him. To allow him to fight your battles. And be like David, who wouldn't take the advice of the world. Wouldn't take what the world offered him to fight a battle that he clearly knew was God's. I'm afraid some of us are trying to assist God in the battle. We're trying to offer what we think. Because like the men of Israel, we're focused on ourselves and we're in some odd way trying to be self-reliant. But little David knew there was nothing about him uh, on his own that was a match for the devil but he also knew the devil was no match for him when he was filled with God and following after the Lord. The battle's not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Give it to him today. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you.
0: We encourage you to read the account of the battle between David and Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. And join us in our next podcast as Kim continues through 1 Samuel 17, revealing the lessons learned from this account of Scripture. Little David teaches us truths that will forever change our lives. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the Gospel Group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.
1: She's a happy girl, she's a happy girl, she's a happy girl, living a life for Christ, she's a happy girl.